0: Welcome to another edition of the Future Leeds podcast. My name is Simon McCaskill, and today we'll be talking health, mental health. We'll be joined today by Claire Shepherd from Seeds, and we'll be asking Leeds, are you happy? Hello, <laughs> how are we doing? Hi. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. And you, Simon. Happy? Yeah, very happy. Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a so good start. Yeah, yeah. So I think possibly a really nice place to start would be for you to tell us, well, introduce yourself and tell us about your morning.
1: Oh, my, my morning. <laughs> my name's Claire and I swim at 4.40 in the morning in Oakley, Lido for summer solstice. Right, okay. Along, along with probably... 50 or 70 other people of all ages all creeds all backgrounds all splashing around in the freezing cold water
0: oh my goodness and yeah. was it freezing cold
1: It's absolutely freezing and there was shrieking there was laughter there was bacon sannies after a long a long um, tail back for the coffee queue yeah
0: Wow it and was how bad. many times have you done this previously
1: I think I've done it three times all right. and I think this is its fifth year right. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And the staff are the Bradford City Council staff. And they come early in the morning and they're beaming smiles and they look after us and we all throw ourselves in. <laughs> it was lovely, Simon. It was so good. And, uh,
0: and, and now, so we're recording this at nine o'clock in the yeah. morning. Uh, how do you feel now have to beat up since what time? Since four. Since four? Yeah.
1: This is my time of day. Is it? Yeah. You're yeah. a morning person. I'm a morning person. Okay. Yeah. So So
0: what time is is the normal time you get up on a morning?
1: It's got it's got a bit later, but so it's probably about half five now or six. So that has got later. In when I was um leading services in the prisons, I was up at four in the morning and I was working constantly and um it wasn't particularly healthy, but the reason I started getting up at four in the morning is because I figured that f- nobody could touch me at that time. So from four to six was my time, and the idea was I would do things for myself, but I didn't. I ended up just doing more and more work and more and more work. Yeah, Okay. I'm a morning person. <laughs> so so this is
0: interesting. So so you force yourself to start getting up. At that time in the morning to try and get a bit of time in the space all yeah. day for you. Yeah. And it didn't quite work out like that. It
1: didn't, but it did. It definitely gave me me space. The person that was there was a more thoughtful person. I was more um, aware of what I was doing. And there was so much peace at that time in the morning for me. So although work interfered. I, I invited it in in a way because I still hadn't worked and shifted the problems I was trying to shift mm. um, so it, I think of it as my, it's my go-to time I love it mm. I love it
0: so I'm, I'm a big fan of it as well
1: are you I was going to ask if you were <laughs> a night or a morning <laughs> so uh,
0: probably about I would say about five Oh, maybe four years ago, I made this conscious effort to move into the mornings to try and get right. that okay. space. Out of the nights then. Mm. Mm. So I would work really late and I thought, no, let's reset this and get up early. Mm. And when I started this in the morning, I thought, oh my goodness, I've discovered something. It was almost like a secret. Mm-hmm. That sort of, you mentioned the two hours of untouchable space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I've probably done as much work or... Well, we'll talk about this in a second, yeah. as other people in these two hours before the world has even woken up. Yeah. And I felt amazing from it.
1: Yeah. And do you still do that now? No. Then, Sarah? No? No. Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
0: so... When I started it, this isn't meant to be about me, this is about, it's just interesting. This is about us. <laughs> <You can't laughs> say, um, We're both in this world. Course, <laughs> We're <okay>.
1: operating through
0: <laughs> I did it from a health perspective to start with. Mm-hmm. And I would get up and exercise and I would just start the day totally mm-hmm. rejuvenated and energised. And then I realised that I could squeeze work into that time. Mm-hmm. So I squeezed work into that time. Mm-hmm. So then what would happen, and this has probably happened for the last couple of years, although I'm trying to reset it. I'll get up early and work mm-hmm. before the world wakes up mm-hmm. and then continue to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I've made this cycle.
1: Yeah, you've which, created the demon in a way, haven't you? Yeah, because mm-hmm. now a productive mm-hmm. day in my mind mm-hmm.
0: involves getting up at half past five. Mm-hmm. And because working. your mind
1: works well there, there's space, you can get more done. Yeah, so we fall into a trap, don't we, that we set ourselves. Mm.
0: And are you out of that?
1: Um no. If I, I was about to say, yeah, no, I'm not really, but what I'm trying to do is I am so I'm a mindfulness practitioner as well and I'm doing a master's at the moment in mindfulness in Bangor University and I'm teaching it and I'm living it at sometimes. <laughs> and um it's an amazing time of the day for me to get up and meditate and to maybe do some exercise. Like like you were saying, um and to try and start my day and I'll say try because sometimes meditation isn't a, isn't a, it's not like swallowing a pill it takes effort, it takes the right sort of effort The it takes creating a space and it takes dedication you have to kick yourself to do it so sometimes it works, sometimes it feels good, sometimes it doesn't um, but the morning is the right place for me and if and to start the day in that sort of way is good for me However, if there's work, I'll flip the work. The work will have flipped into there.
0: Mm, that's the the challenge, yeah. isn't it? Sort of valuing that time enough. Yeah.
1: That... I suppose it's because I value the work though. That and I bet you're the same. Actually, I want to do well. I want to do what I'm doing well. I want to enjoy it. I want to have the best of my mind, and that's when the best of my mind is. So, so to me, it's not. It's only bad when it when like you're saying when when it's just got a hold of you and you're just working constantly, and then whether you're as productive or not. Mm. You know? uh, well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> or happy whether you're happy. As happy, happy in your productivity. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, happy and productivity.
0: I think mm-hmm. are very related, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Very related. Mm-hmm. You've said a few things that I want to talk about. So uh, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So, could you just explain? What you believe mindfulness is?
1: Okay, um, mindful. So I'm going to go to the the dawn of kind of secular mindfulness. John Kabat-Zinn, and he says it's the awareness that arises from being in the moment, um, in a particular way, um, on purpose. So, so it it sounds wishy-washy, but basically it's not so if you're in the particular moment and you're aware you could be driving your car that's not really mindfulness you're driving your car and you're aware but that's not really mindful it's it's the quality of how you're aware in that moment so and it's also the attitude of how you're aware so a lot of the time we're aware of what we're doing we're telling ourselves off that was a stupid thing to say or god i did that badly you're telling yourself off or here i go again but there's so in mindfulness, there's an application of attitude of a non judgmental and a kind kindness actually in your attitude to yourself, and that takes some practice. Lots of people can't do it mm. easily, it's it's but from that, there's an awareness arises just this space in your mind when you're not telling yourself off constantly, when you're really in touch with someone, when you're really speaking and listening with someone. There's, um, there's a real like yeah I call it space I just feel more spacious mm. so
0: you're on a journey yourself it sounds like yeah do you do you feel like you've achieved this somewhat so this space that you talk about can you feel when there's a moment and you're like I can feel the space right now
1: Yes yes and because because aware being aware is just noticing so it's it's been really noticing what's happening in the moment and you notice things. That you wouldn't normally notice and it could be as simple as the beautiful sound of a bird singing that you just think oh well that's the starlings they must be they, are they going somewhere you just it's so it can be something really tiny like that that can bring a bit of joy into your life and you, it can make you laugh really just like yeah that's actually sweet I love that and um, so yeah I get these small ones but I've had some bigger awarenesses as well where this sense of space that when um something stressful or, or a stressful thought or a stressful phone call happens It doesn't grab me It doesn't grab my whole physical being I can feel the issue I can think of the issue And I just think of it It's not emotionally So so yes But not all the time mm. Often I'm telling myself off And judging Very often <laughs>
0: So even the telling yourself off And judging side of it And everything you were saying That I can totally relate to <laughs> um, Are you more aware, aware Of telling yourself off now?
1: Yes, when I catch myself when you catch when it. I catch myself, I'm quite good now at going, ha, ah, there you go. I don't then emphasize it again, I don't layer it. I'm good, yeah, you really are stupid i I just think there you go,
0: mm, okay, really interesting yeah. um so something else you mentioned uh in your morning routine is meditation, yeah, what does meditation look like for you
1: um Well, it doesn't look like a beautiful young yogi sitting on a cushion with perfect skin, unfortunately. (laughs) It looks like me (laughs) sitting in a chair like this or maybe on the bus and just taking some moments to just sit still, feel my feet on the floor, connect to the seat, feel my breath and just focus on that and notice my mind shooting off and just bringing it back. So it's actually a, a daily practice and it can happen anywhere
0: and it can happen on a bus then yeah it really can
1: yeah yeah so so the other side of it is then in order to to bring more um skill i suppose of meditation is i will also meditate in the morning not every morning by any means um but i i would aim to i'd love to is to meditate every morning for a longer period of time um And that would look like sitting in a quiet room and giving myself that space and saying to myself, you've got 30 minutes per se, or 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and that's time for meditation. My mind will say, I'm impatient, I've thought of that job I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And I can just say to myself, no, you've given yourself that time. And what I'm teaching my mind to do is I'm teaching it to focus on what I want it to focus on. So bringing it back, which is so, so, it's very, very good in the workplace, for example, for being able to focus on tasks. For it's very good for creativity. It's um, yeah, emotional stability. It 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 really is quite helpful because it's mm. training, retraining your mind and retraining some neural pathways.
0: So you said you worked in a prison. Yeah. So I don't know this story. Would okay. you like to share your story to to where you are today?
1: Yes. Um. So I worked in HMP Leeds, HMP Wylston, and Weatherby Young Offenders. Okay. And also at the same time, the it was the York Street um, Drugs Project and um, homeless homeless GP practice, and I ran the services from a non-clinical background. And when I went into it, I tell people I was 21. Within four years, I was 50. It was <laughs> it was the biggest learning curve I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from my colleagues, from the prisoners, from the prison staff, um, about leadership, about stress management, about valuing people. And I got a lot of it wrong at first. And uh, I think towards... you, I then, I think, got quite a lot of it right. Um, and we... Working in partnership with all these people, we turned the prisons around from one of the most dangerous Leeds prison was and the most number of deaths in custody. We re- reduced it to the least for that kind of a prison and that maintained the whole time I was oh, wow. there. Yeah, and that was because of brilliant um, governors. It was great health staff. It was us working and focusing on changing the life of prisoners mm. Prisoners there. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a heck of a journey. Well, I was going to say, so,
0: so I mean, that's quite intense, quite full on, uh, yeah. quite stressful. Yeah. And here you are now, yeah. uh, practicing mindfulness yeah. and studying mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, so, is it a logical progression after such a stressful job to seek something different? Um.
1: Yes, it was partly to do with stress that I... ...moved on in the end and funnily enough it wasn't the actual job. It, it, the job was huge, the job was huge I, and the way I looked at the job was people's lives are at risk... ...and people are trying to work and trying to, to help, help people in very different circums, difficult circumstances. Lots of mental health issues in prisons for, um, for everyone actually, everyone who's behind that locked door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of stress, a lot of mental health and um, not much understanding from, from the public... Um, but it wasn't it wasn't that that finally kind of broke me it was <clears throat> in the end it was it was the bigger organisational stuff around when it came to doing big the cuts that the NHS had to make the organisations the wider organisation just went into turmoil trying to work out how you take a quarter of the budget out and you keep nursing and you keep people well and <clears throat> what i found then was our job roles weren't as clear, the expectation of the organisation changed a lot, they didn't know what they wanted themselves, they were in turmoil, it was very difficult, and it was that, it was that that finally, when I really went, felt stress, and, um, and that was, and in the end I left because of it.
0: So, a couple of things there, so... That environment you were talking about was a prison environment, yeah. obviously. However, the thing you've just described is yeah. happening in most or many businesses yeah. in Leeds today where Absolutely. roles are changing, uh, expectations are changing, um, budgets are being stretched. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Yeah. Um, you said, broke me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> did I use that term? I think, I think so. you did, anyway.
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> What, what did breaking look like? If you're comfortable talking about it, I am.
1: It? I am. I remember one day, I was sat. So this was. It was the NHS. It wasn't just the prisons. This was. I worked for an NHS um, trust, and this was the organ. This was the wider organisation. So this was all the health services in Leeds. We were talking about there, and I was quite senior, and I remember sitting there, and I could just see. It was like a fog, a mist in my in my it kind of in my peripheral vision with flashes of lightning, almost, it was like an electric storm going on my head. And I thought, Oh, my God, I am, I'm not good. I'm seriously not good. And it was all I couldn't understand by that stage either what people were saying. I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of it. I doubted my own ability to process what was being said, because it seemed nonsense to me. And when I step back, I still look back and I think, Actually it was nonsense. And I was stressed because I was trying to deliver what was undeliverable. In fact I was delivering it and then the goalposts were changing constantly. So um yeah, so it felt isolating. It always felt good to go back into the prison. I always felt safer back there where mm-hmm. it was much other people thought more stressful, but I understood my job role. I could we could deliver things. Mm-hmm. So it was and I could didn't talk about it. Right, okay. Yeah, so I think that's an important thing to think about for businesses and leads is that change is inevitable. And I'm, I love change. I'm great with that kind of thing, but change is inevitable. Um, job changes are inevitable. Difficulty for people dealing with that is inevitable, but there's ways of doing it. And I, um, And there's ways of, I think more can be done about opening up the ability to talk about stress, to talk about how people feel about it. I know I didn't feel that I could say that I was struggling to cope. That felt a difficult thing to say.
0: Mm. So you're talking now um, and in the conversation, the way you describe it back almost, I mean, it sounds crazy uh, in terms of what was going on however you're delivering it in such a way that um it sounds manageable and I guess that's looking back on the situation and and addressing it now but at the time you say you didn't talk about it
1: no I didn't talk about it because there I, there wasn't a way to talk about it it wasn't welcomed I remember once trying to say and I got pushed right back so when you it's just go away Work it out.
0: So when you made that conscious yeah. decision, say, I'm going to go try and talk about that, yeah. what was the language you were going to use? And, and what I mean by this, was, mm-hmm. was it, I'm having problems here? Or is it, something else is going on?
1: I think it was, I was trying to get clarity about the role and the expectations. Because I'm, I'm bright. I can work this out. I, 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 transformed a prison service with colleagues but but I led the complete transformation I can do this stuff so I just need and and I think this is important in a workplace as well it's I was employed because I'm good so there was a there's a level of trust there is that if there's something if there's a struggle somewhere it's let's get a conversation going that allows a bit of vulnerability to be discussed on both sides you know the, the the leaders that I was with were also struggling. So there was a bit of vulnerability on both sides, which maybe is why I came up against mm. the brick wall, is everybody's feeling it, the culture of the organisation at the time, the difficulty. And it wasn't, you know, there weren't bad people. Right from CEO down, they're not bad people. They're great people. They were all struggling with how we managed it. So maybe there's something about when we do go into these things, discussing how we are going to deal with them on the emotional side as well as on the practical delivery side.
0: Mm. So I find that fascinating and and I, I do see quite a lot of businesses on the inside yeah. and um, this problem is there. And and often it's felt like sometimes a problem at, at the staff level, uh, the working level, and that um, the management aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then that even... <laughs> mm-hmm. Exaggerates the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what you've just said there's really interesting that those people higher up the tree, uh, Mm -hmm. to use the analogy, are probably feeling the same. Um, and this culture word Mm -hmm. that uh, as a business, our culture, we are struggling, Mm -hmm. struggling, struggling day to day Mm -hmm. with the things we shouldn't be struggling with. Mm -hmm. But, but is there a weakness in someone holding their hand up and saying, I'm the first one here to...
1: Yeah. that's There's a strength in that, isn't there? But when you look at... So so, there's a difference between mental health and stress. Men, they are different things, but stress can become a mental health issue. Okay. But for someone to stand up and say, you know, I am ill because of this. 300,000 people lose their job each year through mental health. Wow. And that's a lot of people. Now, I didn't want to leave myself vulnerable, any more vulnerable than I was because I didn't feel that I trusted myself or the organisation at this that state or myself in it. Um, so I, I, I couldn't have made myself any more vulnerable, I didn't think. So I think there's a real strength in someone who can mm. do that. And, and people do. And I, I absolutely admired them. I just didn't have that at the time. So I think there's got to be a, what happens if someone comes up and says... In reality, and especially if it's, you know, the people that you don't expect to say it for for a CEO, they're looking at that thinking, you know, that these are even my best people and they're struggling. This is really difficult. So, you know, that that's isolating them even more in their role. So it is it's complex. And to wait until it's in such a difficult position is you're already the cultures you're in difficulty already. Mm. It needed to happen before having a culture of being able to talk about these things needs to happen before there's a big deal happening
0: so so i love that i love that you know it's not a weakness maybe it's been perceived a weakness in Mm. the past which is maybe part of the problem Mm. why we haven't been talking about it but actually it's a strength if you're in a business and and you feel this culture and you put your hand up and and you talk about it and you don't get the replies that you want from mm-hmm. key individuals or the business mm-hmm. on a, a wider scale and this is easy to say but probably hard to do you're probably best not in that business mm-hmm. anyway for your mm-hmm. own health mm-hmm. would you agree
1: um mm, i mean that's the option i took um yes it probably is and i think when you close one door, you open another and it's very difficult to see the other door open until you've got the courage to close the one. There's lots of fighters out there and the reason we get to the top of our job is because we, we want we want to do well and we want to solve the problem. That's what we're employed to do. So y- you have to go a long way into it before you think, do you know what? This isn't for me. I can't, I can't influence the culture. It's not for me. I can do well somewhere else. So I think, yeah, I think it's an option. But it wouldn't be my first option to think, oh, this is difficult, I'm off. Mm. It would be, this is difficult, fabulous, can I help? Mm. How can we work with this?
0: <laughs> Are you seeing a change in business? Are you seeing a more awareness to this issue and, and a discussion around this issue happening?
1: Well, I've, um, I've just been nominated. and I'm, I'm now one of the top 50, 50 rising stars in real estate in the UK. Right, brilliant. And I was nominated by... Um, senior people in one of the second biggest property companies in Britain and they nominated me because of this wellbeing aspect and because, because what I'm trying to do is bring a different way of, of recognising your staff, your environment. We now run a design company about um, that looks at environments and space and how that works for well-being and productivity and we use the word happiness as well. Um, and I think when I was nominated, I was then with the top 50 women who are dealing with huge property portfolios. I mean, huge. And their interest was in what I was talking about. We, took, we spent a lot of time talking about how they're operating at work, how it feels, how they can be their best, how they're most productive. So, so I think that it, it's there. People want it, they're interested in it, but we still have this huge problem of presenteeism mm. and that they're valued if they're still there at 10 at night, they're mm. valued if they're on the phone at midnight on a Saturday night, mm. they're valued if they're picking up emails on their holiday, yeah. they're valued and that isn't value, that isn't value, so I think the brave worker is the, the CEO and the management who stand and say, "I, you mustn't answer your email to me while I'm away. You must put your out out of office on and you're not responsible to leap. You know, if but at the same score, you don't take your holidays in the middle of a, you know, of of Mm. a big contract. You know, there's there's give and take. But as long as we still have this presenteeism that people feel, and that's culture, isn't it? Mm. Of some organisations, then... Some organisations will be great, some won't be.
0: <laughs> so I totally agree. Uh, you mentioned CEO and management yeah. and that brave step for them to say, don't reply to me, you know, yeah. on a weekend, on an evening. Are we seeing those leaders in businesses general or certainly in leads yet? Or, or are we going to have to wait a generation or two to, to see those people emerge?
1: Well, I was just, something clocked onto me there because then I thought, after I'd said that, I thought to myself, but I do, and I'd rather reply. But I I reply when I choose not to reply on another day. So in a way, I choose my work. My work isn't nine to five, Monday to Friday. My work is when I choose to make it happen. So if we have more of that, if we truly acknowledge how flexible working can work and and we've got the technology, we've got the infrastructure we're we're getting the infrastructures, then I think I think and and respecting and being again clear about roles and letting people control their jobs in their life. Everyone's got their output, you know, measure me on my output. Mm -hmm. Then I think it can go. It will go. Because a lot of young people coming through aren't going to carry on putting up with this old boy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I think we are seeing a new generation coming through. Yeah, they're not going to do it. And hopefully, hopefully they are going to... The traits around the millennial generation Mm -hmm. hopefully will be the generation that that shifts this Mm -hmm. stigma Mm -hmm. around it. Um, We do quite a lot of training uh, with Lee's Boost and... And I'm still of that generation where we don't talk about our mental health. Yeah, you know, we just yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Um, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable now. I'm a little bit older mm. uh, talking about it than I ever have been. Mm. I'm probably a bit more aware of it, in mm. tune with it. But I met someone who was a 20-year-old, and I, I won't say who mm. they are. Um, they were had a quite a senior position at a company in Leeds, and um, they came into the training. They arrived early mm-hmm. for the training and they sat down. And the first thing they said to me was, um, oh, I didn't think I was going to make it today because um, I've really been struggling with my mental health.
1: Right. Okay. As if mm-hmm. it
0: was uh, a cold. Okay. You know, as if we're okay. saying I've been struggling with a cold. So mm-hmm. I'm really surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've made it. You know, I've dragged mm-hmm. myself here. Yeah. And it knocked me back. It knocked me back. Uh, like And you know, did
1: they spot it knock you back or did they
0: I did my absolute yeah. best to not yeah. show anything yeah. you know just talked through it um, yeah.
1: Well done you <laughs> Well,
0: but, but you well know, done you well done them It's yeah. still not yeah. that conversation we're having is it It's
1: interesting though because three quarters of people's mental health ill health happens before they're 25 so we need to in thinking about preventative stuff the schools shouldn't be doing things like telling teachers they're now responsible for knife crime. It should be doing things like training teachers in things like um, things like mindfulness, not only mindfulness, but lots of other ways, tools of enabling people to be able to have proper conversations with young people, giving them the space and time to understand mental health and also to understand what health feels like. I know when I was younger and thinking of health, I think, oh god, that sounds boring. I like adventure, I, I want drama, all the rest. I didn't understand that really good health feels peaceful and powerful. When I'm when I feel really healthy, I am quieter than I normally am because I just feel a sense of peace and power. And it's not power in a in a poor kind of description of the word. It's power and I just trust myself, I feel trust. So I think we should be talking about that as well with young people and supporting them when they are feeling like that. So if, if this young person's not long out of school and they've come through, maybe it's starting to happen. Maybe the schools are doing more, but I think that's where we have to invest in preventative stuff, in understanding, in talking about it at school, that it is a common factor to talk about.
0: So if we move it outside of children and move yeah. it, let's say, the working world, to so yeah. an office in Leeds, so someone that's sat there um, that's feeling the pressure, that's feeling yeah. the the storm start to build, yeah. and, and let's hope it never gets to that, yeah. that point, but they, they've just got the hint of that. Um, they don't have that confidence in going to their people above them. Yeah. Um, what are these things that they can... They can start to implement themselves to try yeah. and get that space.
1: Yeah, it's, it's this obvious stuff. It's things like having a lunch break, getting away from your desk, exercise, sunlight, um, music, creating your own space in in your work environment, if that's possible. Um, eating the right food, <laughs> having, having good social relationships. It's all the things that we know, we know that community, that when we're feeling a good life, that's what we're doing really.
0: But there's this famous thing, isn't there, about knowing and doing?
1: Of course there is. (laughs) Absolutely, isn't there?
0: I'm I'm kind of of glad that the list you've just given me isn't things that I'm like, oh God, I've got to go Google these things now. (laughs) But it's the balance, isn't it? The balance of all these that that allow us to be the best we can be.
1: So I love to go for a run with my friend and um, then, then I go for wine with her sometimes. And we, we always laugh because it's balance, but it's, <laughs> but it is balance. It's balance in all sorts of things. We, I like, I like huge thrills as well. I, I trained as a jock. I decided in January to become a jockey and I went out and raced a thoroughbred racehorse four months later. Wow. I love thrills. So mindfulness and things like this isn't about doubling down your life. It's, it's about being really clear about what makes me tick and what feels right. Um, so, so out of that list, it's finding things that actually make what makes you happy. What music do you like? What what really makes makes a difference? But the in from from a kind of from a mindfulness perspective, and I go back to that because this is it's something that's worked for me, and I've tried. All, I've been through all sorts of things. It's not running away from whatever is coming up. So the stress that's coming up, it's not pretending it's not, pushing it away, and it's also not. Um, identify myself as that stress and as those thoughts it's it's finding a way um, of putting it in it's right place but it's not running away from things mm. and and so that's why mindfulness is hard for people it's because it's, you have to let the come up and a lot of the stuff you're doing is the stuff you're doing to yourself mm. <laughs> so it's, and it's the, how you're processing what's happening outside it's your perception of what's happening so yeah, hard things come up, you have to tell yourself, yeah. take, take quite a bit if you're going to change quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that, that's strung, That's hit a note with me, that, mm-hmm. like, the nature of my work is it, um, it flows, it ebbs and flows, so I work for, for Google, mm-hmm. and sometimes my work is uh, abroad, and mm-hmm. it's very full on, Mm-hmm. So I might spend a week away from the family where I am uh, delivering workshops from uh, seven in the morning mm-hmm. till seven at night. And then the same thing mm-hmm. happens again. And, and that downtime in between is is about prepping for the next day again. Mm-hmm. And, and I have two options. And, and you just sort of made me realize it there. It's either I know it's going to be stressful. Mm hmm. And I Mm -hmm. get as prepared as I can be for that stress, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and ride it prepared or I bury my head in the sand, Mm -hmm. think it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not actually prepared myself for what's coming. Yeah. And, and, and I, I normally survive, but then I normally fall off afterwards. Yeah. And And you
1: you use the term survive and survive is like I used before, but the term I'd use, um, but survive so, so one of the things that we do is when we're when we're avoiding it, or or it's there and we don't want it, we then start building a story around it instead of just saying, yeah, it's going to be stressful. But stress also bring, delivers quite a lot of thrills as well, because mm-hmm. if you've delivered a really good session and you've also then gone out and had time afterwards to speak to people and things, you can feel pretty good about yourself. You feel
0: You feel the adrenaline. You feel, you feel the, the adrenaline. highs and lows. We love it. Yeah. We love
1: it. But if we've, yeah but I, I love that. I love that That idea that you go there and if you pretend it's all going to be fine and it's not. Yeah, if you prepare for whatever arises mm.
0: it's um, this that is- you can
1: manage it. It's something about personal trust again then, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, it's understanding yourself a little bit more and what makes you tick, yeah, and knowing you can trust yourself to do this. Yes,
0: yeah, I think definitely mm. there's a inner a, inner a peace mm. of what's about mm. to happen. There's <laughs> some power, there's something in this, isn't there? <laughs> okay, so let's talk <laughs> seeds or let's talk yeah. mindfulness. So, yeah. so, um, what is seeds? Um, what is Going on in Leeds yeah. this summer and, and how can people get involved?
1: Well, Seeds, in, in the first place, Seeds is a design company and it started um, because when I was in prison running services, a lot of people weren't getting mental health treatment because they were missing their appointments, they couldn't get to the clinic. So I asked um, Carl to design me something that we could have on the wings and at the time I didn't like what was designed it wasn't confidential enough and things so years later we bumped into people from the brain injury trust who used to operate in the prisons doing a lot of work and they said we can't even see anyone anymore there's no space to see anyone so Carl was with us at the time he said let's go for it and we designed a huge therapeutic pod and it's in some young offenders, it's in some prisons, and it's now also in business workplaces, it's in public realm. So that's our main that's our main work, but then our passion. So my my passion and my learning is some, obviously mindfulness as well, and so we are with the bid. I'm so excited that the bid have. Are really looking at well-being for businesses and they're doing tai chi they're doing every Friday I think it's tai chi they're doing yoga they're doing um triathlon type things with the mind and the body for teams to do re- it's really good stuff um, and they've asked us to do some mindfulness as well so um so we're delivering three taster sessions one in June one in July and one in August and um if there's if businesses like this and uh, want more then we'll work with the bid over the next year to to deliver more mindfulness programs what we want to do is deliver programs that are workable for businesses so we want to adapt what businesses need rather than saying you need to come out and you need to do this 8 week 2 hour course we want to adapt and make things workable for people um so yes yeah, so we're excited yeah. about that and really excited to be part of you know part of the Leeds bid because a lot of our work's in London we're we're, we've got quite a lot of connections with the US a lot of it but so it's fabulous to be back in Leeds
0: I feel like I'm back in Leeds <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so a business or an individual wanting to get involved yeah. what, what could they actually expect from one of those sessions? Um, to be spoilt because the bit of a great of
1: arranged for them to have lunch <laughs>
0: It's a, a good that, start. It's a really good start. Yeah, we're
1: pleased with that. Yeah. So basically, we're just going to... It's experiential. So what we'll do is we'll we'll just look at some of the myths and ideas of mindfulness. Then we will do a bit of experiential practice. And then they'll get something to go home with. Something that they can try and practice. And also we'll say, you know, what's next? What kind of things can people do if they're interested in it? So you could either just come to one session or we're going to make each session slightly different mm-hmm. so that if someone wants to come to an hour for each one, um, then they can. So that's what we're doing.
0: Perfect. So I'm booked on in Are July. Are you coming? Oh, good. So I'm super <laughs> excited, super excited. So
1: You want the lunch like I do. That's why.
0: <laughs> uh, Claire, thank you so much. This yeah. has been uh, a real eye-opener for me personally, um, and I hope that people listening to this, um, if there's anybody that is feeling the the funk yes. you know that they they think okay so it's in my control and and maybe i can do something about this and yeah. and obviously if anybody wants to get down to one of your sessions get it booked yeah i think it's something that we should really be investing in ourselves so um, thank you so much